Welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I'm glad that you're able to join me this week as we are continuing our series and and where we find ourselves talking about grace, uh, something that we probably all need more of, yet we all don't think we need more of. Uh, and and yet it's one of those things that I really believe that that when you look at characteristics that someone has and attributes that someone has, grace is something that uh, really separates the way that Christ follower is with, with the way the world is, or it should, uh, according to Jesus and, and what that looks like. Um, and, and last week we took some time and we, we found ourselves in, in the passage in Mark chapter 10, where Jesus is, is with his disciples and some families, bring some kids to Jesus, and the disciples rebuke the parents and the kids for being there. And we find uh, Jesus, instead of agreeing with them, of course, says, hey, let let the kids come. What's going on here? Uh, And and really shows this grace uh, as for what, uh, you know, for what he had, yet the way he looks at the the kids and looks at the children and and the families. And we really uh, took that moment of of what it means for for us to start to show some of that grace uh, in our lives, right? Uh, and how how we have to be careful of our own attitudes, realizing that some of us may be more like those disciples in that moment than we'd like to admit, and and that was not a good thing. Uh, it's it's very easy for us to be hard on the disciples and say, "Why wouldn't you let the kids come?" But I think if we take a look at our own hearts, I think we could probably see that that there is uh, probably something in there for us <laughs> in this passage. Um, and, and just as a reminder, you know, when Jesus grieved over this in verse 14 uh, of chapter 10, this made Jesus both very angry and extremely sad. Uh, there's that word that we, we see used, and it's the only time it's used in the New Testament, but it has that dual meaning of both incredibly angry uh, and extremely sad. Now, when we move on in this passage and get down to verse 15, uh, first we see Jesus lets the children come, but then second, Jesus challenges us to actually learn from children. Not only is he (laughs) teaching the the disciples that they need to uh, be better and show some more grace when people come to them, but he now says, you should probably have a, you could, you have a thing or two to learn from the children. Verse 15 says, For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And those are some strong words. In order to grow up, we need to become like a child, is what Jesus is saying. Now, uh, why should we let the children come to Jesus? We're told, why are we told not to hinder them? And there are at least two answers that we see in this passage. One, it's for their sake to allow kids to come to Jesus and have that opportunity uh, and give that opportunity for kids to come to Jesus. And the other is for our sake, which is not what you would expect in this lesson that Jesus is trying to teach. Children are valued for who they are, and they also serve as as living pictures of, of deep spiritual truth. Jesus did not say, don't hinder them because they belong to uh, because to these belong 
the kingdom. He said, don't hinder them because such as these belong to the kingdom. <laughs> and, and I know it seems like semantics in this because uh, he doesn't say just they belong to the kingdom. It's saying anyone like them belongs to the kingdom. Instead of blocking their path, help them come to me for salvation because they represent the kind of people who will inherit the kingdom. For us as a church and for us in our neighborhoods as Christ followers, I think that this is that challenge itself, right? Is how do we not be a hindrance uh, in, and, and be a roadblock for people coming to uh, know Jesus and people who will inherit the kingdom? We see that those neighbors, those people who we may not have time for, kind of like the disciples didn't have time for. And so... We, we have to realize this as we look at the bigger picture of it. Often we, again, don't think that we're like the disciples in this moment, but I, I would be challenging us to say that there's moments where we definitely are. Let's stop and think about, about this for a second. Why did God decide that there should be children? You know, have you asked God? Why God designed the world so that the human race multiplies by having babies who, who take years to become adults? Why didn't God just design people so that we multiply like earthworms? One adult splits uh, to become another adult. Uh, he could have done that in any number of ways. Why did God decide that there should be children, not just adults? <laughs> I know that maybe this seems like a, a bit of existential thinking in this, but it's a good question to ask given what we're presented in Mark chapter 10. Because I believe the heart of the answer is this. Children are precious in their own right. And they stand for something bigger than themselves, which Jesus is definitely saying here. They model the kind of dependence and helplessness and insufficiency and faith that is required of adults to enter the kingdom of God. Right? Let me say that again. Children, as Jesus looks at it, show and model that dependence on others. They have that helplessness. Uh, they ha there's that insufficiency that they have. And the faith that they have that's required for adults, that is required of adults to enter the kingdom of God. It's just shown in, in such an extraordinary way. And verse 14 says, such as these belong to the kingdom. That's the meaning of their unique existence. They point us to grace, uh, to God's uh, undeserved favor that is poured out on the cross for, for us as sinners. And, and as we take a look at, at what grace means for us uh, and, and what grace starts to look like in our own lives and in the lives of others around us, I really want to start with this passage because it demonstrates clearly that God's acceptance has nothing to do with what we've accomplished with our lives. His grace is given to those who really have, ha, have done nothing. <laughs> grace is God giving to me something that I cannot obtain on my own. Grace is being accepted by God even though I do not deserve it, even though I am not worthy of it. Jesus is saying that if you want to grow up spiritually, you have to first become like a child. And Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 states that we are to be imitators of God as dearly loved children. For those of you who like numbers, 
uh, not the book, but actual numbers, the word children appears 482 different times in the Bible. And the vast majority of the references do not refer to persons under the age of 12, but to individuals who are in a relationship with God. How interesting is that? Spiritual maturity is described as childlikeness. In order to grow up, we need to become younger. And that doesn't mean run to the, the nearest uh, store and find the, the, the fountain of youth or whatever serum, you know, makes wrinkles go away. <laughs> it's talking about that spiritual aspect of it. If we want to become a spiritual adult, we must become a spiritual child. And we're going to focus more on this next week as we continue going through this. But God sees us as his children. And for those of us as adults, if we want to become all God wants for us, we must learn to be children. Uh, and, and that means we need to also watch them and listen to them and even be more like them <laughs> when we look around at the kids in our own lives. Uh, and this is the real side benefit of spending children uh, time with children is they can help us see God. They can teach us about kingdom living, and they can make us laugh if we really do decide to learn from them. I've I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again because it is just one of those things that kids get it. You tell a, a child to go tell their friends about Jesus, and they say, okay. It's the reason why you... Look at Kids Club or Junior High Ministry and all of a sudden and you tell them, hey, go invite some friends to to youth group next week. And all of a sudden someone invites their whole class because that's what you told them to do. (laughs) And it's that picture of God telling us to do something and us doing it, you know, with that faith, with that dependency. Uh, and, And yet how often does God tell us to do something and then we find ourselves wrestling with God rather than than thinking about that kingdom living. But but I think of it as, um, I, I remember going into Walmart after church, and Sarah and Arine Levy, this is when they were, oh, must have been like three and five, and going to Walmart, and I say, Sarah, where are you? As I text her this, and she's like, oh, just try and find us. I bet you can. And the, earlier that day, In church, the kids had learned the song, Stop and Let Me Tell You What the Lord Has Done for Me. And then it it goes to the go sign and says, Go and tell the story. Tell the story of Calvary. Right? I'm not going to sing it uh, for your own benefit. But sure enough, as I listen in a busy Walmart, I hear what sounds, because they were three and five, it sounds like an Alvin and the Chipmunks concert going on as every person who walked by our cart got serenaded with stop. And let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. <laughs> uh, and no questions about it. No worries, no embarrassment, any of that. And, and so uh, and so just so you know, um, you know, as we look at this, there's a lot that we can learn, and there's a reason why we started with this. Uh, since kids matter to Jesus, it mattered to us. We need to let them come. We need to learn from them. And, and we need to love them. If you look at verse 16, uh, it says, And he took the children in his arms, he put his hands on them, and blessed them. Verse 13 says, The children were bought, brought to Jesus so that he could be blessed by them. And he so often does. Jesus went beyond, uh, you know, why they were ever coming there and gave him the verbal blessing, 
right? And and talk about you know hands-on ministry. When you look at this, he took time to demonstrate his love and grace right in that moment. And uh, as you may know, the blessing in Jewish homes is very common. It was also common for parents to take their children to the rabbi to receive a special blessing. Usually, however, this blessing was reserved for boys in the family. Isn't it great how Jesus once again breaks our, our human categories? His grace is, is freely given to all children without regard for gender or race or, or family background. And, and as we look at all the different elements in this story, uh, each of these elements is, is present in what Jesus did in this passage, from speaking to them, allowing them to come, uh, and, and showing love to those around him. Jesus blessed them. He did it with a, a spoken message. And in many homes today, words of love and acceptance are seldomly heard. Uh, a blessing becomes uh, becomes so only when spoken, according uh, to, to Jewish tradition. So Jesus not only laid hands on them, but he spoke to them. The other thing that we see is that Jesus attached a high value to the children. The meaning of the verb to bless means to bow the knee, right? Uh, and the text tells us that Jesus blessed the children. It means he thought so much of them, he showed reverence and even awe for them. Continued with the theme of grace that we're going to explore as we go further down this road, this blessing was based on those, based on uh, who they were, not simply on their performance. All right? And, and then we see that this blessing... Uh, is a way um, it pictures a, a special future for the person who's being blessed. That's what a blessing is. Wouldn't it be great to know what Jesus said to those children? I mean, and we can't guess. Uh, it's not written in, in Scripture. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he told them about this ocean full of blessings in store for them as they commit themselves to becoming fully committed believers, as he shares with them. And, and for us, I, I really think um, moving forward as we look more into this picture of grace, we realize that our, our faith needs to be childlike. And this is this challenge. Um, one of the things, speaking of, of children, that I always love is I am constantly amazed at how many times children are the reason parents end up coming to church. I have, as a pastor over the years, I have watched kids drag their parents, you know, by the arms across the parking lot, uh, bringing them into church and waking them up in the morning saying, let's go to church. Uh, and, and so there's, there's a lot here. Uh, it takes a family to give grace to a child. Uh, it takes a church to give grace to a child. This is an individual thing, and this is a community, larger community thing. Uh, and and I say this because that's what our picture of grace is also going to look like. It's an individual thing, and it is a community thing. Something that we can say that, again, separates us as Christ followers, or should separate us as Christ followers, from the world in a way where we don't uh, allow uh, 
sin to creep in, and when it does, we're able to show that grace, that same grace that Jesus showed showed those children. Uh, I really believe, uh, as as we look at this, uh, it is going to be a good self-examination uh, of our own heart and, and what that looks like for us. And, and it will give us a good picture as we look through our neighborhoods and our workplaces and our schools through that lens of what it means to to show grace to those who may not deserve it or who, I should say, who we deem don't deserve it. Yet God is saying, hey, let them come. <laughs> the same message as those children. So with that being said, I think I'm going to end it here for, for today. Uh, next week, we're going to continue on uh, as we go down this. Uh, we are going to find ourselves in John chapter 3 next week. Uh, and and as we really take a look at the fact that none of us should become so familiar with God's grace that we stop searching for it and appreciating it, and, and really what this search for grace actually looks like. And I think this is going to be a really good one uh, and and really just something that can challenge us because it challenges us to not be comfortable with where we are and not be comfortable with this gift that God has given us, that it's something that we should use, that we, something that should be active. But I can already feel myself getting into a, a sermon or another podcast, so I'm going to stop it there. But as we go from go from here today, uh, let's take that that realization of what what grace means in our life uh, and what God's grace means in our life, and and really be challenged with it, uh, and to be challenged. Uh, with with some of the things that are are going on here uh, about that, what our dependency on God looks like, uh, and and what our own insufficiency is, and what our faith looks like, in in and what that looks like uh, in the heart of a child. And so I'm really uh, excited for this week, and I hope you enjoy this as we continue on on something that, again, we all need more of. Yet sometimes we feel like we don't. So. Let's pray, and then we will go from here. God, we realize that we need more grace all the time, and we need a lot of it. And so our prayer for this week is we will have that faith of a child, that we will be we will show grace like those disciples did not, yet Jesus did, uh, and that we would be able to say maybe there is a little bit in this story that the disciples have that— it's kind of like what I'm doing in some areas of my life, whether it's to my neighbor or a coworker or someone at school, that, that we would find ourselves, God, in a place where when we look at our neighborhood, we just see a place where we really do need to show grace to others and, and the people in our lives who maybe need a little extra grace. <laughs> but God, that didn't shy you away from any of that, and it shouldn't shy us away from showing it as well. So we just pray for courage to have that grace and pray for discernment in our neighborhoods as we look to people who we can speak to. And so we just pray these things all in your amazing name. Amen. So take care. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you next week.